WestJet Pilots and other podcast listeners. Welcome to this edition of PyRep, the WestJet Pilots podcast. I'm Captain Desmond Jordan. I'll be hosting the podcast today. And as always, in the sound booth, we have Captain Chris Von Jones, the wizard of our sound. And uh, today we are joined once again by our MEC chair, Bern Lewell. Hey, Des. And our MEC vice chair, Chris Thal. Des, how you doing? I'm doing well today. Well, gentlemen, can you hear that? Hear what, Des? That's the sound of normalcy working its way back into the lives of the pilots in our pilot group. It's been a busy time uh, for all of us here. Uh, I think things might be starting to get a little bit more normal for our, for the regular rank and file guys, but for us here, it's still quite a bit busy. We've gone through the process of negotiating a deal that was followed up with the process of ratification, which incidentally, we had a uh, 95% participation rate and an 87% approval rate for the agreement. And now we move on to the next step, which is the implementation phase. Brittany, I was wondering if you could uh, tell us a little bit about how that phase is going right now. Uh, sure, Des, and thanks. I- again, like you said, June 9th, we, uh, we got the uh, results of the ratification vote and they were in favor of the agreement. So since then, we've been working hard towards implementing the new agreement. What that's looked like is uh, is our negotiating team has really been sitting down with the company and going line by line through the contract, just making sure the wording is correct and the uh, the links are correct uh, and uh, and making sure both sides agree with the uh, the language and, and the intent. Uh, so that's almost complete. This week, uh, uh, we're just working on the final hyperlinks. That should be going down to, down to Valo for final formatting. And then by the end of this week, we're hoping that uh, we'll have it out to the pilot group. So, Byrne, you mentioned that we were clarifying some language. Is, uh, is that to say that there's language that's not been agreed, on, agreed upon, or is that something different? Uh, no, really what it does, what we're doing is we're going through line by line of the draft agreement. We're just making sure that everything makes sense so that uh, when one line refers to another section of the contract that that line that it's referring to is correct. So it's really more just uh, editorial, ensuring that uh, the the uh, the contract makes sense as a whole. Okay. So we kind of have a, a hot list of some of the items that have come up uh, in the questions that have been circling around. So we're just looking to get some clarity on the retro pay and how that will be applied and how that will be distributed. Okay, Des, so we were just talking about that and we got clarification last week on that. Anyone that was here as of the ratification day of the CA2, which was June the 9th, will be made whole with retro pay, as well as anyone that uh, that was here on property between January 1st and the present day that retired from the company. They will also get retro pay. The retro pay will be based on your MMG, your mid-monthly guarantee, plus or minus whatever you picked up, plus overtime. What it will not include is any stipends. Uh, so that uh, retro pay will be paid out. Uh, we're, we're told right now for a swoop uh, pilot, it will be paid out July 15th, and for a WestJet pilot, August 15th. Uh, what about on the WSP, burn? Sorry, Des. Yeah, I missed the uh, WSP. Uh, on top of the retro for our, our salary, uh, the pilots will get 15.5% based on whatever they have contributed to the, to the WSP since January 1st. So accelerated closure of swoop. Uh, Chris, do you have any other information about that or can you expand on that? 
Sure, yeah, you know, obviously we were expecting it to take the entire year and a half, essentially till next October. Uh, very positive for our pilot group as a whole to see Swoop shut down early and accelerate it, and then them also mentioning that they're going to start working Sunwing in thereafter. So um, as far as details, it, one can only wonder why they closed it down sooner. However, I think that the efficiencies of bringing everybody in together as one group speak for themselves, does. Yeah, Chris, it's interesting. You know, they have accelerated that timeline with the closure of Swoop. Uh, they had over a year to do it, yet they've opted to do it in a matter of months. Um, I think we're all in favor of that. The sooner the better, as I think uh, the pods would agree on that. But um, it does uh, create some other uh, issues like uh, new bids and position bids. And with that, I wonder if, Burn, you could touch on the idea of uh, the new vacancy bid as well as the reduction bid and how they relate to each other. Yeah, so I, I have to agree with you, Des. This is exciting that uh, that Swoop is shutting down sooner than, rather than later. So with that, though, comes, uh, as you mentioned, a vacancy bid for October and uh, followed immediately after that by a reduction bid. Uh, so what we need the pilots to know is that if you're in a position right now that you don't want to be, bid on the vacancy bid. Now, I, I have to put a caveat in that. If you're a Swoop captain right now, do not bid on the vacancy bid. Uh, following and the the reason for that is that uh, a, a swoop captain in the reduction bid will be re- red circled, so they'll maintain their current wage going to whatever position they can hold uh, on in, in the swoop reintegration bid or the uh, or the reduction bid as as it's also known. Swoop captains should not bid on the the on the uh, vacancy bid. Uh, but uh, right after the vacancy bid is being completed, then the reduction bid will will be held. So, Des, we need every pilot to to fill out their reduction bid or the swoop reintegration bid, uh, and that is to ensure that if uh, on the long shot that they are reduced, that they have other positions they're willing to fill into. Uh, and I do have to emphasize. Uh, that when I say everyone, I mean whether you're active or inactive, you need to fill out that uh, swoop reintegration bid. So when you say everyone, are you also referring to swoop captains or is there a specific set of circumstance around them? Uh, no, everyone has to. So the swoop reintegration bid, the swoop captains, that is the one bid that is most important that they fill out. So there does seem to be some confusion in the group about how this rebid is going to affect uh, individual pilots. But but Chris, what what is your seniority number? I'm somewhere around the middle, Des. Okay. Uh, I'm an 18,000 employee number. Okay, so you're kind of a middle seniority pilot. Why don't you or could you put in, in layman's terms or, or give some context of how this bid is going to affect you or how you're going to bid or what you're going to do? Sure, and certainly uh, as a disclaimer, this is just what I'm doing. It doesn't right. mean anybody has one, to do it, person. but this is my interpretation of kind of what the company and what the union is directing a pilot to do. So I'm following that. As you know, there's a Winnipeg base opening up, Des, so that is where I live. That is my domicile. I'm currently based in Toronto. So my vacancy bid, uh, I've put Winnipeg captain as number one. Number two is a fallback as Calgary captain. Commute's a little bit easier. I'm still probably a little junior for that anyways, but it's looking like I can possibly hold Winnipeg at this point. So those are my bids that I have in for the vacancy. And then reduction, what I did was I started at Winnipeg captain and I went down to anything else I was willing to take all the way down to first officer positions just to be safe. And I'm middle seniority. I don't think it's going to get actioned, but I have it in there just to be safe It to identify my preferences. What do you mean by just to be safe? Des, what I mean by being safe is that sometimes we don't know what the company is actually going to do as far as filling the positions. So I bid what I want. The danger is that if I don't bid what I want, it leaves it up to the company's discretion 
to where I will be based, and I'm not comfortable with that. So that's the reason why I put in those bids. So the vacancy bid and the reduction bid, they're all uh, important in the completion of the implementation of CA2 and moving towards the idea of one list, one set of wages, one vision, and a career path and clarity for our pilot group. You know, it's never a dull moment in aviation. We finish up with one uh, integration, that of uh, Swoop. And what comes next? Sunwing. Sunwing does. That's right. So <laughs> how are we approaching that, and what do you think the process for completing that aspect will be you know the timelines are definitely tbd does but we have our merger committee now uh, fully spooled up they are working every day on possibilities and planning and they've been on calls with the mec and lec recently um getting direction and preparing for i'm sure what's going to be a very busy next six months who is it that's heading up the merger committee it does. So we have Captain Francis Hain heading up the merger committee, and then working with him is Captain Rob McFadden, also known as CBAS. Uh, first Officer Paul Haslam is First Officer Ted Hebert, also on that committee. So those guys have been working towards what will be eventually uh, the full integration of Sunwing with our pilots on the seniority list. So again, it sounds like we have another great group of volunteers uh, involved in that committee uh, with a long history and a, a great deal of experience uh, working with ALPA. Uh, Francis Haynes is the chair of that committee, correct? Francis is the chair, does yeah. right. and and he was uh, formally involved with negotiations. With he negotiations. Was on the negotiations committee, so he's got a good background on on how that works. Working with the company now, this time he's actually going to be working with the Sunwing side of things. Okay, yeah, I was going to ask you that. So I'm I was curious. He's our chair. Has he had any contact or been in contact with the his counterparts over at Sunwing? He absolutely has. Now they have their own merger committee that they have set up, and they are working on their side to essentially protect the rights and seniority rights specifically of their group. So yes, Francis has been in touch with them. And the MEC's devs have also been talking uh, quite often every couple weeks, I would say at this point, uh, about the merger and what is to come. You know, we just watched Swoop become integrated a lot quicker than we expected. And I think we can expect the same with Sunwing. It's already been kind of hinted at that that is what's going to happen. Now, how soon? We don't know. But we are all preparing, at least on our side, for a very quick resolution. Now, another question or issue that pops up uh, that we're hearing on the line is about the timelines for implementation of CA2. There are some things in the agreement that are like, can be implemented immediately. Other things might take more time. There's some things that have different dates on them uh, in the agreement. Can you speak to what some of those things are and why some of those things are the way that they are? I, th I think rather than going to specifics, Des, uh, you could look at the question on why can't things be turned on overnight, right? And we have to look at uh, all the examples across the board where, you know, it, it's not as simple as we want it now in a lot of cases. We, we're getting darts. Let's just take the hotel committee, for example. We're getting, in, you know, uh, a reduced amount of time where we have to be downtown, right? So we're moving to 16 hours and we're going to be downtown, but we have hotel contracts in place. So a lot of these, when the hotel contracts come up, they're going to be renegotiated. We're going to put a new bid out. We can apply to a new lot of hotels in whatever city that may be. That's things that we can't just say, well, now we need a bunch of new downtown hotels and an increase to the number of those downtown hotels because of the new CA. It's not realistic. So we're working with the company to make sure that we follow the process and we can organically achieve what the contract says. Again, some of these things are not instant.
Is there a place or will there be a document coming up that might have some more information around this? Yes, yes. So we have uh, all the timelines that are specified in the CA. We're going to put it into it's, – it's sitting right now in an Excel spreadsheet. That's going to be formatted into something that pilots can hang on to, hopefully placed into the EFB on your iPads when you're at work. So you're saying, hey, is this piece in place yet? You'll be able to go look that up. Again, it's kind of on our, our next to-do list after we can actually get the hard document out to the pilots. But uh, you can look for that in the next uh, month or two. So more work to be done, need more people to do it. With that in mind, yeah, let's talk about some of the new committees that we have and that we're looking to stand up. Sure does. Where are we at with that? Well, several new committees, right? So those that got the fast read this week, uh, you would have seen we had a call out for a uh, few individuals. Uh, pilot training committee was one. We're still looking for a 787 training representative to sit on that committee. Uh, we have the Crew Resource Requirement Committee. That's looking for another individual to participate on uh, essentially working with the company on the bids. Our scheduling committee is looking for a pairing construction committee individual, and this is something that we really need. Uh, they're going to be working on their computer. We're looking for someone with some computer skills that is going to be able to run a lot of our scheduling and uh, help actually build. And this is a big part of our CA, help actually build the company's pairings uh, alongside with the pilot group. Uh, FRMS looking for an individual, uh, Des, so that is fatigue-related matters, as well as our jump seat committee looking for another person. So certainly some committees, some volunteers required with, uh, I guess, some of the control we've been able to gain through CA2, Des. And if anybody is looking to volunteer, there was a link in the last fast read, um, but you can also use the volunteer portal on the MEC website as well. So it sounds like there are a number of new committees that are starting and being stood up. Uh, but there's also a large number of committees who were working throughout this entire process and are continuing to work with the company. I'm wondering, have you noticed any changes in the lines of communication between our CEO, Mr. Von Hosbuch, and our chief operating officer, Mr. Penn? Or are there still some difficulties there, Bern? Uh, Des, so far, we've what we've seen from the company is actually collaboration, which is a refreshing change from what we saw with CA1. Uh, the the SRC the scheduling review committee met with uh, with the company about a week ago and and uh, yeah it was a, a few hours of collaboration you know the, the, both sides were working through the interpretations of the new agreement and and they were mainly in alignment so a really good positive start to CA two well that's good news uh, Chris do you have anything to add. Sure does, yeah. You know, also in the last couple of weeks, we've had our grievance committee do some grievance training as well as meet with the company a couple of times. And they are working towards solving some of the CA1 grievances that are kind of sitting on a ledge ready to be uh, found a solution. Mm -hmm. And then also going through the language with the company, talking about where the potential grievances could be and trying to mitigate or, you know, get on the same page and, and come to an understanding on what a lot of this language uh, means going forward. Uh, Chris, you mentioned uh, the grievance, some of the grievances in CA1. Um, where are we with that? There were some that were being cleared and some that were not being cleared. Where is that at? Right. So uh, most of the major grievances that, that uh, affect large numbers of pilots are likely to continue and wait for an arbitration date, depending on the grievance itself. However, we have a lot of little grievances still hanging and, and waiting to be solved. So those are the ones we're targeting right now, trying to clean up. Uh, it's important to note, I think, while we're on this topic, Des, that any grievance or any uh, event that occurred during CA1 will still be treated under the CA1 contract. Now, any new grievances that pilots discover that the union supports and will file the grievance on the pilot's behalf, that will be dealt with under CA2. Okay. So, Bernie, 
We've talked about the new committees that uh, are being stood up and the call for volunteers. We've talked about the existing committees and how they continue to work with the company and possibly a change in uh, how they're communicating there. Uh, what about the what about the the one committee that was quite prevalent over this entire process, the strike committee? What's happening with that now? So yeah, thanks, Des. Uh, I I do want to reiterate that the uh, strike committee has now uh, disbanded and 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 gone back to its original formation, which is the, the SBSC, led again or still, I should say, by Christina Thompson. And I would like to put out a shout out there to everyone on the strike committee. Huge and, shout out, huge shout out. Yeah, absolutely. Those guys are what was, those guys were able to take us over the line. You know, the company knew we were serious about potentially doing work action and uh, and that's what it took to get go the extra mile. So thank you ag- again to Christina Thompson and everyone that uh, helped out on that committee. One thing I know for sure, Christina Thompson, you want to stay on her good side. So there is some paraphernalia left over from our uh, strike events and our rallies. Uh, Is there any plans or are there any plans to distribute them amongst the pilot group? Yeah, it is. You know, there is a plan to distribute a lot of the strike signs uh, to our pilots. There will be a common that. We're still working on the logistics of it. Um, likely, it'll be a donation to the RMHC, Ronald McDonald House of Canada. And with the receipt of that, you'll be eligible to purchase uh, one of the signs. And the, any proceeds from those signs will go to RMHC. So that's what we're looking at. It probably is going to take a little bit, but keep an eye out for that communication. We are looking to offload certainly a little bit of office space into people's garages, into people's basements, or if you're like me, right in front and center of my office. Okay, good. You had mentioned that the proceeds may go to Ronald McDonald House. We have a couple of other events that are going on in the pilot world that are also going to benefit Ronald McDonald House. We sure do. Would you like to speak to those? So, Des, we have a golf tournament here in Vancouver. We also have a golf tournament that we had uh, a couple of weeks ago in in uh, Toronto, and we've uh, it, the proceeds of both those tournaments are going to the Ronald McDonald House. We also have a golf tournament uh, right now scheduled potentially for September of uh, this year, and that'll be an Airdrie for the Calgary folks. Uh, the proceeds of that one will be going to a local charity in the Calgary area. So we're really excited that as as a pilot group, we are contributing to the local communities. All good news. Uh, and we also have the uh, Canadians game that we just went to, and there will be some proceeds from that going to the Ronald McDonald House as well. Okay. So we have a little bit of procedural housekeeping to do here. So the MEC elections are coming up on the... 23rd of August in Calgary. Do you have any additional information on that, Chris? You know, uh, we're setting a date of the 23rd, like you mentioned, Des. So pilots have the ability to bid it off if they want to be there for the elections in person, if they do possibly even want to run. The local council will be choosing uh, another term of MEC on that date. So just for full disclosure, bottom-up organization, we want our members to be able to come show up in Calgary on that date if they're interested or if they're there to support and the position is to run from September 7th of 2023 to September 7th of 2025. Thank you, Bernie. Important information about uh, the electoral process for our association. And, you know, with such a high percentage of ratification vote, 87%, I hope to see all three members 
of the MEC executive running for their positions again. Hey, it's been a busy podcast. Thank you again to everybody for listening. And, uh, you know, we've had a lot of positive feedback from the pilot group about the podcast. And with that in mind, we are intending to keep these going in the future. It will probably look like uh, we will bring in other guests, like uh, subject matter experts to speak on various aspects or areas of the CA as it continue to go through implementation. So until next time, as always, stay informed, continue to read your communications, stay engaged, wear your lanyard, and hey, volunteer for some of those positions that have been uh, mentioned here in this podcast, and most importantly, stay safe. Thanks again for joining us for this edition of Pyrex.